be in the house of the Lord. How many are ready for the word of the Lord today? Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'm really excited about this. How many have been blessed by this month? Uh, just, just being able to take a break. Amen. Take a break and just really begin to zoom in on reformational truth. Uh, to me, it's just been just a blessing to share it with you uh, because it is really begin when you really begin to understand your covenant and who God has created you to be. You'll be able to see yourself a little bit in a lot, actually a lot differently than what you have been experiencing. Uh, so before we get into the word, I want you to um, just stand up one more time, grab hands with those that are closest to you. Uh, and we're going to pray. Also, I just want to forget. I don't want to forget to greet those who are in the balcony and in the overflow yeah. and who are watching us online. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's grab hands with those closest to us. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you for what you are about to do, what you are about to say. Uh, in this house, we thank you, Father, for that hand that we're holding, Father, that the hand that we're holding is significant, is powerful, uh, is mighty. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus that you are about to speak to the person that is connected to that hand. And Father, we come into partnership and agreement with whatever you are doing and whatever you are about to say. Father, we thank you that our ears are open, our spirits are open, and we're ready to receive from you. Those in agreement said, Amen. Say this with me. Say, I am alive. Say, I am alert. Say, my heart is open to receive a life-changing word from the Lord. Say, my life is about to be reshaped. Say, my thoughts are about to be challenged. Say, my spirit is about to be stretched. Say, my future is about to be made clearer. Say, the word of the Lord is about to reform my life. Amen. I want you to go with me to a very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, we actually went to this particular place in scripture, Ephesians chapter number four. We were actually there in the month of June when we dealt with uh, being a dynamics of a healthy church. Um, but we want to revisit this particular passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter four uh, and, and not use the same uh, particular thought uh, but there's, some, uh, there's so much in this particular text that we can use. Um, but the Lord really began to deal with me on a particular subject uh, earlier on this week. And I have to just kind of get it out uh, and, and really minister this as the Lord has given it to me. Is that all right? Yes. We're going to Ephesians chapter number four. We're going to be reading verses 17 through 24 out of the ESV version of the Bible. Everyone say, I have it. I have if you it. don't have it in front of you, it's on the screen to my right. And to your left. Uh, it says to us, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse number 17, it says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Well, how do the Gentiles walk, Apostle Paul? In the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their what? Understanding, alienated from the life of God. Because of the ignorance that is in them. Well, where does the ignorance come from? Due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Yeah. 
To put off your old self. Remember we talked about this some weeks ago. How your old man did what? Die. But we have the temptation to walk according to the flesh. Which is again a mental construct that is patterned after our old nature. He says to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life. And is corrupt through deceitful desires. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your what? Minds. Minds. And to put on the new self. Created after the likeness of God. In true righteousness and holiness. Father would you please help me to preach and teach. And explain the word of God. In a way that it can be easily understood and digested. So that the hearers of this word can be changed. Father, I pray that you give me prophetic precision and apostolic authority and the heart of a pastor and the reach of an evangelist and the ability to articulate as a teacher what you have given to us today. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us rhema. Give us meat. Give us wine. Give us water. Give us all that we need today to move your kingdom forward in the earth. In Jesus' name, everyone in agreement with me said amen. amen. Today I'm going to be preaching, teaching a lesson uh, a message entitled Heart Attacks and Headaches. Heart Attacks and Headaches. And, and my assignment today uh, is to help us to diagnose, treat, and prevent diseases of the heart and the mind caused by trauma. Caused by trauma. Everybody says, mm-hmm. Amen. This is, that means you're a thinking church. Amen. A church, church. I said, Amen. Preach. But here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the leading causes, or actually the leading cause of death in America, brothers and sisters, is heart disease. Second behind it, of course, is, is cancer. But the very number one leading cause of death, and if my memory serves me correctly, actually throughout the entire world, is heart disease. And headaches are probably the most common medical condition in the world. Headaches hit everybody, black, white, rich, poor, African, Hispanic, wherever you are, whoever you are, we all have headaches. Medical heart attacks concerning what we understand is this, is that heart attacks are caused by an artery that supplies to the heart blood and oxygen and it gets blocked. That's how a heart attack happens when, when, when your heart is not able to receive what it needs to operate. That's how a heart attack happens. When the flow of blood and oxygen cannot get to literally that which keeps us alive. What a headache is, in fact, uh, as I did my research on this, a headache comes through two primary sources. A primary headache is the overactivity of blood vessels, muscles, and nerves that are attached to our head and neck. And then there is what we call secondary headaches that are caused by an outside stimuli, such as alcohol, panic attack, uh, concussion, or, or those sorts of things. Those cause headaches. But today I'm not dealing with the natural or the anatomical heartaches, or heart attacks rather, and headaches. But I'm talking about, number one, the attacks in the heart. According to Acts chapter 8, verse 22, when it says, Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven. Talking about that kind of heart. In the Greek, it is the word cardia, 
which uh, uh, deals with the soul or the mind or the fountain or the seat of our thoughts, passions, our, our desires, our appetites, our affections, and those sorts of things. So I'm not talking about the, the muscle in your chest, but I'm talking about that part of us that is the fountain, again, of, of our seat, of our uh, of ourselves. Everyone say selfdom. It, it is that place. It literally deals with the center of who you are. And when we talk about headaches, I'm not talking about just a physical headache, but I'm talking about the head or, or the thinking that we see in Mark chapter 8, verse 33, where it says this, but turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan, for you are not, pay attention, setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of men. This is the same uh, word in the Greek for Neo that we see in Matthew 16 when Jesus rebukes Peter in that same manner and says, you are not savoring the things that be of God, but you are savoring the things that be of man. In our heart, in our head, is what helped c compose what we know as our soul. Everyone say soul. soul. Our soul, brothers and sisters, is commonly known as the mind, the will, and the emotions. Our soul is a hybrid. It is able to think and compute and to feel. Our soul, brothers and sisters, is, is literally the composite of the imprint that we have on the earth. Everyone say our souls. Now, what I think is interesting is the apostle James says to us in verse number, uh, chapter number one, verse 21, he says, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness, pay attention to this, the implanted or some translations say the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. Now, I want you to think, put on your thinking cap, because I said a few weeks ago, uh, it's not really spiritual warfare, but it is spiritual warfare, but it's not really spiritual warfare. Come on, sir. <laughs> I was with you until right then. Good. That means you're paying attention. And why am I saying this? I, I, I'm saying this because it's not spiritual warfare in the sense of the fact that the enemy cannot do anything. With the spirit of God in you. That is to say the enemy can never trump the Holy Spirit within you. So it's not that the enemy can infiltrate your spirit, break in and steal the Holy Ghost from you. Pay attention. But what he does is he seeks to influence your soul by getting you to come into agreement with an unclean spirit. So it's not spiritual warfare, but it is spiritual warfare. It is spiritual warfare, but it's not spiritual warfare. And remember, I told you last week that the first lesson of maturity is that two things can be correct at the same time. So it's not that you're fighting against a, a, a devil in the sense of, you, you, you know, he's going to overthrow the Holy Ghost in you or that you don't have authority over him. But you are fighting against a spirit for the territory or the influence of your souls. Do you understand that? Say, I understand that. And this is why our wills, brothers and sisters, is so important. God help me right here. Because when it comes to our will, it's easier to be angry with God than to take responsibility for our own choices. Help me, Holy Ghost. It's easy for us to, to say, God, how come, why? It's not fair that. 
blah, 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 blah. And I told you last week, you really do not want to get into an argument with God concerning fairness. I told you that last week. But this is why our wills are so important because the enemy attacks our wills, pay attention, and lies to us to get us to come to agreement with his agenda. That is to say, he needs your agreement. That is to say, he needs your will to be submitted to what he is portraying or perpetuating perpetuating in your heart and in your life. We want to say heart attacks and headaches. So when we talk about this, I want you to understand that that a heart attack from the context in which we're speaking of this afternoon is the blockage of the flow of healthy emotions, feelings, and the restriction of the bad ones from being released. It is when we are clogged up emotionally. God help me today. It is when we are clogged up in our feelings to the point where we become numb. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but most of us who have eclipsed the age of 15 know what it's like to experience traumatic things in our emotions. Nothing necessarily happened to you in your physical body, but because maybe she dumped you, maybe he ignored you, maybe you had your hopes and expectations up for the promotion and you got passed up. After a while, what happens is you become clogged up emotionally. I don't want to love again. You know, I'm not trying to be super carnal here, but some of y'all remember that song, uh, I forget her name. How did you get here? (laughs) All y'all are awake. Nobody's supposed to be here. Y'all are dang it, I'm just listening to that on the way here. How do you know? I tried that love thing. What was she saying? She was saying, I'm surprised. That my heart is open to love again. Because she had been burnt so many times emotionally. She was like, I'm done. I I quit. And so we can understand that from a romantic perspective. But do we understand that from a life perspective? That in other words, what, what, what happens is if we don't deal with the stuff that's happening in our hearts. Help me here. Then all of the things that are happening to us will become clogged up. Yeah, come on. Let's be honest for this moment. Have you ever been under so much pressure? And, and, you know, this this bothers you today, but you just kind of dealt with it. And then the next day something else happens and you just kind of like, okay, I'm not having the best week. And then something else happens again. You're like, okay, 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 all right. And then at the end of the week, you're like, I can't take it no more. It just builds up. This, brothers and sisters, is what I'm dealing with or calling a spiritual heart attack. Everyone say heart attacks. But a spiritual headache, watch this, is when when pressure attacks your thinking and reasoning due to unanswered questions or words or actions done or spoken to you. This is when... When something is said to you or done to you and it does not quite fit into your mental paradigm. This is when something is done or said to you or a thought comes to you and you can't quite neatly put it into a context or a frame of reference. After a while, it, it becomes pressure. God help me here. And the pressure becomes so hard 
to deal with. You just go, I got a headache. I just can't deal with this. I can't, I don't want to think about it no more. And what happens in the heart is you become numb, but what happens in your mind is you stop thinking. Mm. <laughs> you want to say heart attacks and headaches. I want you to know that there's a connection between what happens in our hearts and our heads. Now watch this. Romans chapter 1 verse 21. And I was going to read this, but I just want to just throw this into uh, to the, to the mix because it is so very important that we see what he says. The same apostle Paul writes this. He says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Watch this. But they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Hearts. So what he is saying is what's going on in your thinking is going to impact your heart. And what's going on in your heart is going to impact your thinking. They're, They're inextricably linked. You can't have a hard heart and it not impact how you think. You can't have stinking thinking and then over time and not impact your heart. I wish y'all would hear me. So, so what is he saying? He's saying, I want you to begin to see that there is a link between what is going on in your head and what is going on in your heart. Everyone say trauma. We dealt with this uh, on Wednesday night, and as Elder Paul said, uh, uh, Elder Tracy did a masterful job at helping us to understand trauma. Here was the definition that she gave us. She said trauma is an individual trauma results from an event, watch this, a series of events or a set of circumstances experienced by an individual as physically or emotionally harmful or life-threatening with lasting adverse effects on the individual's functioning and mental, physical, social, emotional, and spiritual well-being. I know that's a whole, whole lot. But essentially what this is saying is something happens to you once or continues to happen to you and it impacts your ability to function correctly. That's essentially what a a traumatic uh, event is. And she began to give us the symptoms of this. So so if an individual has been under a traumatic uh, event or continues to be under something that is traumatic in their mental health, it will come out as depression or anxiety. It will come out or manifest as mood swings, as anger or as rage, as substance abuse or overeating. And then physiologically, uh, headaches, backaches, constipation, diarrhea, diarrhea, uh, easily startled, she says. And then socially, difficulty in trusting people or detachment or isolation. And I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but can you begin to see why this happens? Can you begin to see these types of symptoms even within your own life? I'm not going to have you raise your hand. But I want you to begin to see this because, brothers and sisters, the enemy starts with us at a young age. He starts with us when we cannot speak up articulately and defend ourselves. He starts with us when we were in third grade and we could not raise our hand because we were afraid to say that they didn't, that we didn't understand the particular concept. He starts with us from a uh, maybe an irresponsible parent or guardian who says something to us that, that really hurt us, but we did not heal from it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on and wake up and say, Lord, help me. To get over 
and to be healed from my trauma. Now watch this. Not only is there trauma-informed care, and we dealt with this Wednesday. If you weren't here, please get the recording. But I submit to you that there is trauma-informed thinking. God, please help me here. What is that? That is thinking that is rooted in trauma that informs our reasoning, decision-making, and perspectives. And just as we have, have to become aware of trauma-informed care, we have to be aware that trauma produces and creates a way of thinking in those uh, who, of us who have not been healed or processed. This is not a psychological class, Apostle. Who do you think you are? Oh, yes, it is. Because many of us have been raised to be very spiritual in the sense of, watch this, in the sense of we can quote a Bible verse. We know when to praise God. We know when to raise our hands. But we have a struggle, a lot of us, with making the spiritual reality a, a mental or a thinking or a soulish reality. Can, can I help you here? So, so watch this. I created this chart for you to begin to understand the importance of the soul. Some of you can't see it, but I'm going to explain it to you. So what we have here is the body. And then right in the middle, we have the soul split up right in the middle. And on the far end, what we have is the spirit. Now, the body, we're going to say body. body. This is this. I dealt with this a few weeks ago, that your body and your flesh are not synonymous. But your body is that seen temporal part of you. That body is the fact that you will lose your hair and you will go gray and you will uh, perhaps have arthritis. Hopefully not, but those are just the realities. In your body, you get hungry, you get tired, uh, you have cravings, all of those sorts of things. But it literally is just the shell that carries out the influence of whatever is, it, whatever is influencing it. Watch this. And then you have the spirit, which is the unseen or the eternal part that is what God connects to or is defined of what is good or evil. The motivation or the source behind a particular action. And then right in the middle, we have the soul. Everyone say the soul. soul. The soul, brothers and sisters, is the bridge that connects what is happening in the spirit to be manifested in the body. Right. Pay attention. So on Wednesday night, Wednesday morning rather, and I posted this on my Facebook post. I, I was at Chick-fil-A actually. I was at Chick-fil-A right up the street here. And, and a gentleman walked in. And he, he, he obviously had some health challenges. He was rolling one of those uh, respirators. So that wasn't me being presumptuous. I mean, it, it, he had a thing in his nose and everything. And the Lord said, pay for his meal. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that because I don't want him thinking that I'm trying to just be whatever. And the Lord said, no, I don't want you to pay for his meal. I said, oh, okay, you win. You got it. I don't argue with him as much as I used to. So, so I said, I'm going to pay for his meal. And I was listening. I was like. He's like, I want this, I want this. I was kind of ear hustling, like, how much about to get hit for? <laughs> but I was still doing it, and I, and I did it, right? And, and so I paid for his meal and everything. And, and then later that night, the Lord sent in a request that I was asking for. Now pay attention. My spirit said to me, pay for his meal. Pay attention. My soul said, but I don't want to. It doesn't make sense. What if he thinks this? And I start going through all of these intellectual gymnastics and in like a matter of 10 seconds 
because my soul was trying to translate what I was going to do with my body, with my mouth, and with my hand. Yes, sir. Do y'all see this? So God spoke to my spirit. My soul had to translate it, and my body had to carry it out. Right, right. Are y'all with me? Yeah. So this is what happens, brothers and sisters, is that when we have experienced trauma in our souls, it damages our ability to be obedient to the spirit of God. God help me here. So when we go through traumatic experiences in our souls, how we perceive our intellect, our understanding, it becomes more difficult, pay attention, to connect with the Father who we cannot see and live out the desires and the edicts and the cravings of our body. You want to say heart attacks and headaches. I want you to see this because one of the things that we must begin to do is begin to train our souls to lean into the spirit of God when we do not understand. Let me break this down to you because if we don't understand that, we won't (laughs) we will not be people who walk in reformation. If we do not understand this, we will be people that continue to perpetuate religious activities without understanding the intellect of God in us called the Holy Spirit. We want to say, I'm ready to dig deeper. Now watch this. In our text, we see in Ephesians chapter 4, before we get to that text, the, the context is the Apostle Paul just has concluded talking about how that God, or Jesus rather, had ascended and descended and given gifts to men. The Apostle, Prophet, Evangelist, Pastor, and Teacher for the perfecting the saints of works of ministry till we all grow up to the unity of the faith till we be mature to the perfect stature of Christ. We know that. We've heard that a bazillion times, right? But notice what he says in verse number 17, which is our text. He says, literally, to the extent I test, I say in testifying the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Pay attention. So he spent the first one through 16 verses trying to help us to see that there is a difference in how we live, how we respond and how we act. And how that Jesus Christ gave us the gift of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher to perfect us, watch this, to grow us up into the full stature of Christ. Why? For the express image or, or for the express purposes so that there can be a delineation between what is good, what is bad, what is a Gentile, what is a believer. Not for God to make you think that you're better than. Pay attention. Not for God to say, I love you and I hate them, but so that you can begin to walk as a son of God in the earth. Pay attention. What does he say? He says, so I do not want you to walk as the Gentiles do. Well, how do they walk? They walk in the realm of headaches. (laughs) They walk in the realm of the futility of their minds. God, please cover me here. Some of you aren't with me. How how do the Gentiles walk? They they walk ignorantly. How do the Gentiles walk? They walk in the emptiness of their thoughts. Now, Now watch this. We just got through talking about trauma. I'm about to make the connection here. Pay attention to what I'm about to say. There is no greater trauma for a human being other than sin. 
All right. All right. I'm going to say it again. Some of you were asleep. There is no greater trauma for any human being other than to walk in sin. Why do you say that? Because the scriptures tell us that for the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is life eternal. So if trauma, pay attention, come on thinkers. So if trauma is a life-threatening event, hear me. <laughs> if I'm living and, and or walking in sin, I'm literally walking a life that has been trauma-informed. If I'm, if, I'm, if I'm living in the futility of my mind, I'm living after the edicts of sin. And sin conscious thinking is trauma informed thinking. Oh, okay. Lord, help me today. Everyone say heart attacks and, and, and headaches. See, see okay, can I, can I shift your, your mindset concerning sin? Because most of us think sin as in an act that we do not do. But sin is greater than that. If you've been studying the 10 pillars of the identity theology that I gave you a few weeks ago, you'll understand that sin produces an identity crisis. Right, right. If you really understand the impact of sin upon your life, it's not a matter of the preacher saying, don't sin, don't fornicate, don't run around with this person or that person. But the impact of sin is that literally it displaces you out of who you really are. And if you are displaced out of who you really are, then you're not going to live up to and walk in the image of God. Watch this. So it's not just, I, I don't fornicate, I don't do this, I don't do that. When you are in sin, you are limiting your ability to live in the fullness of your creativity. So it's not just, some of you are going to laugh because you know what I mean. Oh, I need to go home. My flesh is acting up. Mm-hmm. Lord, help me, help me not to call. I don't feel like confessing. I'm just trying not to. It's not just that I'm trying not to. Come on, sir. Is that when we sin, (laughs) what we come into is amnesia of self. Wow. That's why sin is so uncomfortable. That's why until you get that crap out of you and off of you, you can't sleep. That's why sin is so uncomfortable because it it dulls your spiritual senses. That's why sin is so uncomfortable because it is not you. And it creates these spiritual headaches that cause you to make stupid decisions on relationships. Come on, y'all. Have you ever broken up with somebody and then you kind of came to yourself and go, what was I? Come on, sir. She ugly. She wasn't even cute. We'd be good. But you ever get out of a sin cycle and you look back and go, why was I even doing that? Come on, sir. 
It, it wasn't that it was you doing, pay attention. It wasn't that it was you doing it. It's what you were in agreement with doing oh, it. Oh, God. So you yielded your body as a slave of unrighteousness. And you said, because I don't know who I am, you can have your way with me. A body, I'm going to allow you to fulfill your cravings because I don't know what to do. My spirit man is calling me into identity, but my understanding has been darkened and I'm walking in the futility of my mind. Body, you can do whatever the heck you want to do. And all the while, your soul and your spirit are malnourished and you have this headache because of the pressure. Yeah. Of not living up to who you really are. Come on, lift your hands. Father, we thank you. Come on. That we're coming out of agreement with futile thinking. Father, we thank you right now that you're easing the pressure of spiritual headaches that cause us to walk in rejection and not walk in the mind of God. Come on. Father, we thank you right now that you are convicting us of sin. You're convicting us of not living up to the fullest potential of who you've created us to be. Now put your hands together if you believe God and say, Lord, I thank you that I have your mind. So not only do we see spiritual headaches, but we see heart attacks in this text. Where do we see that, Apostle? Verse 18. He says, uh, he says they, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God. Y'all see that? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their, what? To, are y'all with me? Due to their what? Due to their what? Due to the hardness of heart. Now, now watch this. I, I'll be, I'll, can, can I just be honest for just a moment? We, we've been talking about this conversation about church heard and da 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 da. da. And, and so I understand this uh, that, that that life can cause you to have a hard heart. Because as a leader, trust me, there's no hurt like when you've given your life and heart to something and someone. And they disrespect it. I, I understand that. But watch this. He says, he says, their heart has grown hard. Now, I, I don't want you. I said to say, I don't want you to feel condemned. I said it to say, I, I don't want you to feel like there's something wrong with you. Watch this. But, but, but watch this, what he says in verse 19, because this gives us an understanding of why this is a heart attack. He says, and they have become callous. And have given themselves up to. They have become callous and given themselves what? Up to, up to sensuality. Can I, can I got to teach this? Sensuality is not the synonymous with sexuality. Most of the time when we think sensual, we think sexual. But it, it, that's not a, a great definition. Sensuality would include sexuality. It would include that. But sensuality deals with that which is of my senses. What I see, what I hear, what I taste, what I smell, what I touch, how I feel in my body. So he says, he says, because their heart had grown hard because of callousness, they have given themselves over to what they feel in their bodies. Greed. 
The practice of every kind of impurity. Now, now watch this. Because remember, in the natural, what is a heart attack? It is when your artery is clogged and blood and oxygen can't get to your heart. So this word callous literally means to cease to feel pain or grief. When, when, when you become callous, it literally in the translation meant that you are insensible to pain or watch this. You become apathetic. That's literally what it meant. So he says, hear me. I don't want you to allow life's experiences to cause you to become unfeeling and apathetic. That is a you awake now? That is a heart attack. When you do not allow the feelings of God pass through your heart. Hear me, hear me, hear me. When you cease to be convicted about where you go, what you did, what you should have done, but you didn't do. You, your heart is becoming callous. And the more you desensitize yourself to the things of God, the easier it becomes to stay in that vein. God help me here. So when God is moving in the midst of the sanctuary and people are passing out, falling out, crying under the Holy Ghost, and you sitting there like, I wish they would move on. Wow, what's the big deal? Wow, I wish what is happening? Your brothers and sisters are susceptible to a spiritual heart attack because you are unable to Feel what God is doing. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Jesus. That's good. When was the last time you cried in the presence of the Lord? That's it, sir. I'm not talking about emotionalism. When was the last time your heart was broken over the condition of your family? I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about when was the last time you felt how God feels about this nation or about a situation or your coworker who gets on your nerves? When was the last time you came into the house of the Lord with your heart and your hand lifted in a posture that says, I don't need to hear a word. I just want your presence. When was the last time you are you are broken before the Lord and said, God, I gotta feel your presence. I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about having your heart cleansed from offense. I'm talking about having your heart cleansed from anger and hurt and rejection and depression and saying, God, I want you, and that's it, and that's all. Talking about heart attacks and headaches. That keep us paralyzed in a place, hallelujah, that prevent us from moving forward in God. Notice what he says in verse 20. Can I teach this? He says, he says, but you have not learned that in Christ. He says, for the truth is in Jesus. And that's the problem with a lot of us. And I, I think this is why the Lord has been highlighting this, this word this month. And the word is truth. It's because we live in a culture and a society, and y'all know what I'm about to say, and I'm going to say it again until y'all are tired of hearing it. We can live in a culture and a society that, that lives their life based upon my truth. Right, right, right. And what I'm trying to get you to see, EC, as, as reformers, as reformational people, as thinkers that have the mind of Christ, there is no truth outside of Jesus. Right, right, right. 
I'm trying to get you to understand this, brothers and sisters, that literally Christianity is the only and best thing going out there because it literally can morph you and change you into your new nature and who God created you to be. It's oh, Christianity is not shame-based modification behavior program, but God literally getting in your nature and changing how you feel and changing how you think and changing your desires and reconstructing your mental formatting. He says, I'm, I need you to be renewed in the spirit of your to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. He says, I need you to put on your new self. Do y'all see that in the text? He said, I need you to make sure that your thought life aligns with the real you. Having been created after the likeness of God. In what? True righteousness. In what? God help me right here. Because I got to crack this demon in the head. And I know we don't have that problem here in this church per se, but somebody's listening right now. Holiness, brothers and sisters, is not your dress code. Holiness, brothers and sisters, is not you keeping a list of do's and don'ts. Holiness, brothers and sisters, there's, okay, can I, let me, I'm about to break some of us free from this. I feel like I need to deal with this. The, the word holiness of the New Testament comes from the holiness code in the Old Testament, which was connected to the law. You and I, brothers and sisters, are no longer under the law. Oh, there they go. I'm not under the law. That means be lawless. No, you don't understand. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying be lawless and do whatever the heck you want to do. What I'm saying is the law that we live under is the law of Christ. And the law of Christ is love. So if I first of all love Christ, I'm not going to do anything that would offend him. If I love Christ, he doesn't have to beat me over the head and tell me, don't do this, don't do that. If my heart posture, watch this, has bent in his direction, I don't have the desire to hurt his feelings. So it's not a matter of me living under this rigid System that is keeping track every time I zig and I should have zagged. Right, Hear me? Right. But it is a matter huh, of being transformed in my thinking. Yes. And, and this is so hard to preach because our, our flesh wants a rule. This is so hard to preach because our, our, our mentality says, but you got to give me something. Right. This is so hard to preach because. We're so used to, 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 to a finger wagging. But brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to get you to see is to think on a higher level that says I don't need a finger wagging in my face because my nature has been changed. I don't need a finger wagging in my face because I want to do the right thing. Yes. I hear you. And this is why I have a hard time God help me here. Living in the context of an environment of religious people. Mm-hmm. Because the things of the spirit are offensive to carnally minded people. Right. Right. They can't understand the things of the spirit. 
So they think you're talking out the side of your neck when really you're talking out of the mind of Christ. Right. right. See, I, oh, hallelujah. And this is why they have headaches <laughs> and pressures that they cannot compute. Why would God allow this if he didn't, if he said this in his, well, I don't understand the conundrums of life. And then I'll just sing it. You'll understand it better by and by as, as an excuse of why I cannot explain the mind of Christ. (laughs) And then we die of heart attacks spiritually because the love of God has no place to flow in us. Because we've been so hardened and so callous by religion and life that there is no outlet to get rid of that rejection or that depression. And so we're trying to live up to an image that we can never live up to apart from the help of God. But because we're stuck in wrong thinking, we have numb hearts that won't allow us to live in our real selves. Headaches and heart attacks. I want you to stand to your feet, please. I want to commission the Holy Spirit in this moment, hallelujah, to begin to diagnose some stinking thinking in your mind. I want to commission the Holy Spirit to hook you up to a spiritual EKG. I want to commission the Holy Spirit to put some things, I don't know what they're called, those suction cup things on your head. And to begin to deal with your heart and your head about the pressure and about the numbness of your heart. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to begin to lift your hands. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to begin to come into agreement with Holy Spirit, even right now. I want you to to stop resisting the word of the Lord. Stop pulling off the monitors. Stop pulling off the connection that you have to the Holy Ghost because it's uncomfortable. Come on, it's going to be uncomfortable when you have a headache or a heart attack. Because the Holy Spirit wants to resensitize you to his spirit and bring you back into right thinking. Come on, lift up your hand. That's right, open your mouth and begin to come into agreement with him. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on to agreement with him. Come on, come on. Come on, Lord, change my heart. Lord, get that junk out of my heart. That's preventing there to be a flow of your Holy Spirit and your feelings in my heart. Get that crap out of me. I, I've been I've been eating too much junk food, too much fatty foods in the spirit, too much bump and jump and just praise them, praise them, praise them. And I've not allowed your word to cleanse my heart. Come on. Yes. Nothing, mad, nothing wrong with 
some sweets every now and then. But Lord, some of us, we, we have we, we've eaten too much stuff in the spirit that has clogged our ability to feel what you feel. And we've become numb. Just going through the motions. Just going through the motions. Just saying what I'm supposed to say, doing what I'm supposed to do. And the pressure in my head is becoming unbearable. Because I can't fit my reality into a context of my thinking. You're telling me I'm free, but how come my brain and my life don't line up with this freedom? Hey, I got a headache. I can't think clearly. I, I just, I, I, my, every decision I keep making keeps ending in failure. Why? I'm tired of bumping my head in the same area. My brother, my sister, you have a headache. The pressure. The overactivity. I, I can't sleep at night. I can't find peace. And sometimes that pressure in your head is internal. But then sometimes things happen to us outside of us that we didn't ask for or want. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, I hear you. I want everyone to just, if you want prayer, I want you to come to this altar right now. I don't think I have an, I've had an altar call all month. Come on, I want you to come to the altar if you want prayer. I want to pray for your head and I'm going to pray for your heart. And we're going to believe God to do something miraculous even in this moment. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. You, you hear the spirit of the Lord dealing with you. You feel it. Come on. The Lord sent this word to send healing. Come on. I want you to lift your hands if you're at this altar. I, I just want to unlock something in you today. I want to just bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Open up your heart. Open up your mind. Come on. Open it up. 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 Not to me, but to the Lord. And say, Lord, here I am with my headache. And here I am with my numb, callous heart. I, I've been walking in the futility of my mind. I, 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 my heart has been darkened because I don't understand. And I, I'm living in this quagmire. And I'm just confused. And, and Lord, I've I I just been going through the motions. And I know to do right, but... But God, I'm tired of dealing with this. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. I want you to give me this lift up worship right where you are. Come on. I want you to lift up worship right where you are. With your hurt, confused self, he still is looking for a worshiper. Come on. With your un 
focused, undisciplined self, he still says, I need you to lift up worship in spite of how you feel, in spite of what's going on inside of you. Because worship says, Lord, I'm broken, but you're still worth it. Lord, touch my heart again. Lord, touch my mind again. Come on, come on. Stay right there. Come on, stay right there. Because I, 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 I got to break this off of you because I, I, I even found myself in this kind of place where I'm just going through the motions because I've been hurt and I've been so confused and I'm, I'm tired of praying and nothing happening. Trust me, I've been there. But God wants to heal you. I command that hard heart to break now in the name of Jesus. Hey, so I'm telling you what I see. I see the Holy Spirit going into your chest cavity and he's beginning to massage the hard places in you where you've just been going through the motions and you have not been able to feel the heart of God, but God is touching your heart even while your hands are lifted. What begins to break me through is even though I, I start to kind of go through the motions and I'm like, Lord, where are you? Jesus, hallelujah. If you just stay right there in his presence. And just keep saying, Lord, I don't like how I feel. I don't like where I am. They might begin to understand that trauma rests in your brain. <laughs> I'm about to pray for you in just a moment, but I need to set this context for you. That trauma rests in your mind when you're rehearsing the gossip and rehearsing what was done and when you're rehearsing what was said and you're imagining the, the, the dramatic experience and the event over and over again and your body begins to respond to what's going on in your head. Yes, Lord. That's when you have to put on the mind of Christ. Go ahead and anoint. Prophet's Carver is going to anoint you with some oil. I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to begin to make it up in your mind right now. I'm not leaving this altar the same way that I came. And I'm not going to be emotional about it, but I'm going to be real about it. If I cry, I cry. If I fall, I fall. If whatever happens, whatever happens. But come on, in this moment, Lord, I give you my heart and my head. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Begin to say that with your mouth. Lord, I give you my heart and my head. I, Lord, I give you my heart and my head. Lord, you can have my heart. You can have